Welcome to Break a Wish, the podcast where all your dreams come true, but with terrible, ironic consequences. Joining me this week, we have Tyler Hewitt. Hello. And Janelle McGinnis. Hi. And we are talking about Needful Things, the 1993 film uh, based on the Stephen King novel. It's about a store selling a bunch of creepy stuff with the creepy devil man. It's kind of become a trope. There's a whole Rick and Morty episode that's just a parody of this one. Was it really? Oh, yeah. It's super fun. (laughs) Yeah. I was debating um, coming on here and just upsetting any Stephen King fans you had by being like, oh, they did like a movie of the Rick and Morty episode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I didn't realize it was Stephen King. (laughs) Someone's definitely, yeah, only thought of the... uh, I don't think I did at first. I just thought it was like a trope I was referencing because yeah. the trope of like the uh, cost or whatever is, is very common. Especially yeah. when you're dealing with the devil. Like that has always thing. got something in the fine print, right? Exactly. Does he ever actually say anything that's like a, an affirmation that he is the devil? Because he's also just kind of like everyone else says it. Hmm. But does he ever affirm it? That's what I need to know. He I don't really... think he says it directly. No, he just no. has bad teeth and long nails. Yes, I thought I thought we were going to get horns at some point, just little stubby horns coming out of his forehead. I think yeah. the closest thing is when the Baptist minister comes in with the like "say no to the devil" sign. He just goes, "I simply cannot put up that sign," <laughs> and it's like a real maybe, wink and a nod. Maybe no. he hates tacky things. I mean, Claire, <laughs> but I, I just, there was a wink and a nod and a spark in his yeah. eye that meant like, no. He's a big no. graphic design snob and he's like, I can't put this up. Look at these vectors. <laughs> this uh, antique seller who All fair <laughs> loves <reasons>. graphic design. <laughs> yeah. Before we get any more into the specifics, let's uh, just give our sons, ourselves a sense of uh, what our histories with this film are. Had any of you seen this film before? Then you read this book before. What were you coming into this? I had no idea it existed. I didn't know it was a book. I didn't know it was a movie. Uh, I watched it yesterday and it was my first time ever seeing it. Um, you hadn't even ex- seen that Rick and Morty episode, I guess? No. I Apparently, I live in a box. Um, <laughs> it's pretty small, but I got let out today to do this. But <laughs> oh, That's so nice. Uh, <laughs> I have to say, I... I did enjoy it. I have a lot of questions and <laughs> issues, but I enjoyed it. I think the questions and the issues will all be very fair. And yet, yeah, there still is something there. Yeah. Um, I think there is something to it. Like it feeling like there's more here because it was a book where all that is explored. Yeah. See, that all makes a lot of sense that there was a book. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Tyler? Uh, just the Rick and Morty episode, really. That's <laughs> <laughs> And just like I, I like I very quickly kind of realize the tropes that I was going to be seeing on, on, on the screen kind of thing. But yeah, I haven't read the book. I didn't, uh, I hadn't seen the movie before or anything like that. I, I, I told a, a friend that I was watching this movie and they were like, Oh yeah. Like the Rick and Morty episode. I was like, Oh, huh. all right. Uh, <laughs> and I very, I very quickly put together kind of what they were referencing. Um, uh, Netflix kind of um, spoil, like tried to spoil the movie for me. If I, I, at least I was worried it had spoiled it for me if they weren't so like upfront and cheeky about like, ooh, Max once said I was the devil kind of like <laughs> play because I searched for needful things on Netflix before finding it elsewhere. Um, it's not on Canadian Netflix, um, but I searched needful things and Netflix is like um, titles related to needful things. And it's like M. Night Shyamalan's devil. A deal with the devil, oh. the devil in my home. And it was just like all of these movies, like, oh, so it's a movie about the devil. Okay, I get it. 
I'm sure that probably would have been in the synopsis too, where like a mysterious man comes to town and he's basically the devil or something. Like I don't think I mean, they would might have been as too well. worried about it. Yeah. It's pretty clear that the movie is making you think there's something nefarious going on right away. But also mystical, like like extraordinary. Yeah. Which I I wonder why the characters think that so fast, because like Nettie looks at the shop and is like, I just don't like it. Can we talk about that beginning for a second? Because (laughs) I couldn't get over it. It was so dramatic how this girl was staring out the window at this like new shop that's opening up. But also she has this like, she seems like a caricature. And for sure. She's one of like there are a couple other people that are, have kind of um uh dramatic features, but like in comparison, there was no one else in the beginning who was as like had a voice, like a, a dialect that I'm unsure of where it is from. Uh I guess Castle Rock. But <laughs> I don't think it's a regional dialect. I think it's a person specific dialect. <laughs> this was, is the netty voice. It was a lot. <laughs> Yeah, it's like half old lady, half baby. Yes, it's yes, yeah. Merged together. Yeah, I really did think we were getting some kind of shining ability character on our hands. They're like, oh, she speaks with that affectation and says strange things because she has some kind of sight, some kind of insight into the devil or something that like that. But so no, it's just it's just PTSD or or, yeah, or, or just, just a regional accent. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> hey, passive person who has been broken and teased by the town that has only probably a hundred people in it relentlessly for years. And it has given her a weird voice. Yeah. (laughs) Can we also talk about how it took so long for me to care about anyone in the movie? And I feel like I was supposed to care about what was her name? Polly who got engaged and the sheriff. Yeah. Never cared about them ever. The only person I ever cared about was the little boy, Brian. Yeah. Took some time to even get there. Yeah. I don't think anyone is innately good or like overly sympathetic everyone has a flaw already there and i i don't think that's a mistake though i think that's supposed to be i mean we can go into the themes a bit more when we get a little deeper into this but i think it's supposed to be that like everyone has a flaw that can be exploited right like yeah that would make sense he's not coming in he's not doing much the devil isn't coming in with like i'm gonna take all these sweet good people and completely break them it's like These people are almost there already. I'm just going to give them the slightest reason. Just going to give them a little nudge, little Mickey Mantle card here, a little. But then little I feel like at jacket. the end, when the sheriff is like, oh, "We're all good people. We're all good people." Are yeah, you? he's full of shit. Are you? <laughs> he's not. Definitely not. I feel yeah. like not. it dampens the ending. Yeah, this is like a little, a bit of a jump in terms of like exploring the narrative. But when we talk about like just giving these people a nudge, like just giving them a little push over the edge. He does at one point be like, hey, do you want your letter jacket back? Just kill and skin a dog. And the dude's <laughs> like, all right. Like, <laughs> yeah, the the costs are not proportional. It jumps uh, so quick. And they jump. So it escalates. Yeah, I think I, I put at the bottom of my uh, notes is this is escalates quickly. The movie like every <laughs> <laughs> every rung is just so much more than the rung before it. Yeah. <laughs> like the third thing that happens. I'm pretty sure it was the third thing. There is a skinned dog hanging from a closet. Yeah, because I think prank one is like, oh, there's some a, a mud and shit yeah. on your on your clothes. Okay, that's that's like a prank. That's not that bad. <laughs> it's, it's mean. It's a prank. I think thing two was like the the speeding tickets put in the guy's house, which is like already an escalation. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Breaking and entering now. <laughs> 
breaking an energy and also like a huge psychological effect that's mm-hmm. clearly going to push this guy. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, like third thing, kill and skin a dog and hang it in a person's <laughs> house and have it like swing down on them like a home alone trap. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's be- a lot because <laughs> it's so much like right off the gun. All he can do from then on is just kill that person. Yeah. Kill that person. <laughs> like he does other stuff, but we don't see it. All we see is here's a gun. Kill that person. He he does very quickly go to like, now I'm less of a prankster, more of an arms dealer. Here, here's a gun. <laughs> here's some C4. Here's a here's sniper a rifle with like <laughs> night vision scope. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not that hard to get <laughs> his basement just full of old weapons, I guess. Yeah. Also, for, I guess, to like steam up the movie, he maybe has sex with whatever her name is polly or you are right polly i think yeah the waitress is polly but i'm also like why would we do this when he's (laughs) so gross (laughs) he has like the worst teeth because he has the devil teeth and he's these devil nails and i'm watching this at least being like ew no other than like his crazy teeth like crazy nails i feel like he is pretty charming like i get that he's a charming likable guy but he's also very old much older than her. Yes. Well, she's not that young either, but still, I feel like it's like at least twenty years. Probably, but yeah. I mean, I mean, that's precedent for that. That's, that's not... unfortunately standard fare for Hollywood. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't doesn't be doesn't make it okay, but it's uncomfortably common. Yeah, <laughs> it's not surprising me that they, there's an age difference there. It just and, uh, it felt like they added in. It was so random. They're like, this will spice it up. And I know this is Stephen King. He probably wrote it in, but I'm like, huh. <laughs> it is a weird turn for for things to take uh unnecessarily because it's not like it it like that act jeopardizes the relationship between the sheriff and and polly nah, it does seem like, like it's the only man. thing he does for himself right because everything else is to piss someone else off right yeah mm-hmm. and I, like you said it doesn't seem to jeopardize the relationship so it seems like it might just be he's trying to Devil's trying to get his rocks off? I could see it landing better in the book because then, like, you wouldn't have seen how, like, old and gross the devil is. And then you'd be like, ooh, steamy moment. It's dangerous. Oh. <laughs> but, like, we've seen this guy the whole time. And I am not interested. I'll take a pass on that. No? How do you think it would have been described in the book to make it better? Of, like, his teeth were seductively janked out. <laughs> <laughs> Just... <laughs> I feel like they probably just would have left out the team. <laughs> a little fade to black moment could have worked there, yeah. But if they wanted to mention the teeth, they could be like, his his teeth glistened <laughs> as, he <laughs> as he smiled at her. <laughs> like if they needed to mention them. Yeah. I feel like it's also sold less that she's being like won over from his charm there and more of like, his boner cures arthritis and that's what's bringing her over <laughs> which that's kind of a flex right like you might be more willing to go with a guy with bad teeth and nails if, if he's curing an incurable disease oh while he does gosh. it put that on your tinder profile <laughs> i cure arthritis with my boner yeah that's right i think i'd get a little more uh, attention yeah my penisea yeah <laughs> Let's yeah. So let's watch. <laughs> let's 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 walk through some of the the trades that I've I've sort of tried to list them off as I was taking notes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what they get, and we'll say what the cost seemed to be. So the 
the boy got the Mickey Mantle card from the specific year he wanted, signed to him, even though he would not have been alive when Mickey Mantle died, right? I'm right on that, right? That checks out. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about Mickey Mantle's death, but definitely I, I think Mickey Mantle's baseball card signing days were behind him by the 90s. I can't remember if Mickey Mantle was dead in the 90s or not. Well, if it was a 56 card, he would have been a playable age at 56. It seems like it's a stretch to go to all the way to 90s. And That's still be, true. Yeah. Going on around signing cards. I didn't. He I had hadn't done that extremely rudimentary math until right now that we were talking. I was like, no, he's definitely dead. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe very unlikely, but yeah. Um, he had to pay 95 cents, which is important. That was part of the cost. He had to do the turkey shit prank and then also just throw an entire box of apples at a house. Yeah. Kids got an arm. Kids got an arm. He really that enjoyed one, that part. That one may be a fair trade. Like, yeah, it inadvertently caused a double murder. But like that itself, the things that he specifically had to do, that doesn't seem like that extreme of a trade, right? Like that card's got to be worth a lot of money. Yeah. I feel like this kid didn't wasn't thinking critically. I mean, that's something I will probably come back to time and again <laughs> when talking about these people. But, but a guy's talking to you about a baseball card, and then he goes around the corner, comes back out with it signed to you specifically. And you got to be thinking, like, this guy just defaced this trading card to say my name on it. Like, he's got to have just written it, like, hastily scribbled in pen, like, to Brian, my best friend <laughs> from Mickey Mantle. Hey, look at this, kid. I mean, I can see a kid believing that if his name was, like, Xavier or <laughs> Chadwick or something like more rare, but like Brian, fair, like it could easily have been a real card. It's but also, Brian. it's a magic card, right? Like he touches it, it zaps him, and then there's like a connection. No one seems to notice that there's magic. No, right? no that one... must be part of the magic. It must be part of the magic. Yeah, it seems like a lot of the times when people touch the item that he brings to them, they have like a flashback to either a specific great moment in their life or a fantasy moment in their life. Yeah. Which was a little confusing because I was like, did this kid, like, is he falsifying a memory in this kid's brain? But they don't seem to actually sit in as a memory. I think they sit in more as like a feeling. Yeah. Hmm. It, seem, it, it, it doesn't seem to follow any specific like rule set. Like Nettie, um, when she touches the, the object, she flashes back to her abusive husband. Uh, which she obviously lived through. And this kid, Brian, definitely didn't live through like one of Mickey Mantle's baseball games. <laughs> right. And Nettie's flashback is to a negative moment because it's yeah. the breaking of the object, whereas all the other flashbacks are to a positive moment associated with the item, right? Yeah. So yeah, it, it gives them some sort of magic sense, but it's unclear if they remember it or if it's... <laughs> I think it is I think it is just some sort of feeling it gives them that that they then want to use the object to hold on to one thing i will say is i think there was like at least at one point uh someone who was willing to be like uh i'm not sure if i want to do whatever for you i can't remember who it was um why does no one hear something like so you're gonna skin this dog <laughs> and say maybe it's not worth a jacket like, like he, does. he really likes the jacket <laughs> he really likes the jacket <laughs> And I feel like he does escalate them slowly. Like, I think he gives him the jacket at first, and then it's later when he comes back and he's in a bad mood. He's like, well, you can only keep the jacket if you do something for me, and then gives him a knife. Yeah. So I don't think he, like, his first thing is always a smaller thing being like, well, you'll owe me later. Mm. If you want to keep it, here's yeah. the bigger thing. Yeah. Again, like, 
the the turkey shit thing is like a prank. You could kind of see him being like, I just don't like that lady. She's giving me a bad vibe. You just do this prank on her. Fair enough. Yeah. Same with like the parking tickets. That wasn't that bad. Well, you can kind of see that one. Yeah. Like so that's Nettie. Yeah. She but... gets a little figurine that her husband broke. So it's it's got huge sentimental value for her. It's probably probably not expensive, but it probably is rare. It's probably something yeah. that it wouldn't be easy for her to find again. Yeah. Especially living in Castle Rock. Yeah. And all she had to do is a little, again, a little prank. Uh, one that involves breaking and entering, so it's a little bit more escalated than the last one, but just a little prank on someone that she doesn't like anyway. Like, yeah. no one likes that Buster guy. Yeah, yeah. So she's like, I, I, I kind of like this excuse. <laughs> Gives me bravery to run this little prank. She's having so much fun putting up <laughs> all those parking tickets. You can tell she loves it. Also, I just remembered the first time we meet Buster, he straight up attacks a cop. Yeah. <laughs> cop, and you're like, is he a cop? What's going on? Who are you? It took me so long to figure out who he was, like, and how he could possibly get away with attacking a cop. Yeah, the he way he, into I thought he was like the mayor or something. Like, I thought he yeah, was exactly. the chief of police in the town. Yeah, I don't think there is a mayor in this, is there? Not that we met, I don't think. No. He's just the guy who has all the money in town, which I guess is in a small enough town is mayor. I guess they just go. Well, well he also had access. Didn't he like sell boats, but he had access to the the town's petty cash fund. So maybe he's yeah. on the like, town council. He must be at least on the council or maybe he is like the de facto mayor or something like they just don't call him mayor because no one respects him. Yeah. Mm. They should we at also least get... say that. <laughs> yeah. I we do also so. get a but... great like Ed Harris outburst scene. In that same confrontation. But but it's like the most parent type scene of like, just work out yourselves, you yeah. bunch of babies. Yeah. Like not providing solutions. Just no, 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 fighting. not really. Just like, why don't you each try to kill each other and whoever survives will throw in jail. It was uh, <laughs> really dumb and funny. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll, I think he also threw in a bunch of exposition in the middle where he's like, I came from the big city and I wanted a, a, a calmer life. And then you guys yeah. are fighting at each other's throats. Yeah, why Here's did we need that? Did we need that exposition? Because they, they touched on it a few times. Yeah, everyone's like, big city cop, huh? What big do you think? <gasps> I don't, yeah, I don't think it plays into the story in any direct way. Maybe it's just supposed to give us the idea that, like, he's supposed to be competent, like, more competent than a small town. Like he's, he's more ready to believe something. in the devil, apparently, because he's a big city <laughs> cop. Because <laughs> he's the yeah, only one who seems to be on to things. <laughs> you don't think that would be the the one to the one but i feel like when they were editing this down from a book to a movie it was just someone's very personal opinion of the parts that they like they're like "Ooh, big city cop fun Ooh, guns 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 fun. <laughs> like it wasn't a team effort it was just one person like hell yeah <laughs> well and a bunch of things of like well we got to put this character in the book has like whole chapters to himself so we'll have them come in at the start and at the end just to say one line. And then I'm a big and then they're still there. Right? Like, I feel like there must have been so much between the two, like the priest and the minister. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's so much set up for that to be like an ongoing thing where they're constantly back and forth. But it's, they're, they're two great examples of what they get. It says something about the character and then is really unclear what they pay for it. Because the Baptist gets a bunch of porn statues. Yep. <laughs> There's the whole time like prophesizing about like all oh, the heathens here and then gets a bunch of weird porn statues <laughs> that he just but takes away in a bag. Aren't, aren't, what is he, a reverend? Aren't reverends still allowed to have sex? Like I feel like it's the, the priest that should want the sex statues because he's not allowed to. You are right that Baptists 
uh, don't take a celibacy vow, but they also are, I like, I feel like they would be really boring about sex. <laughs> feels really judgmental to say, but like they would still be like, oh, you can't have sexy posters around. Like yeah. Baptists are a, a more serious. <laughs> they have a I can't have this giant brass <laughs> gong in my house. Yeah. <laughs> you can't Rule number have one, no sexy posters around the house. Rule number two, no giant brass dongs. <laughs> Those are the only I can two. See that fitting into yeah. the, That's all the God asks of you. <laughs> which, yeah, then the Catholic, I guess, got like some sort of goblet, which is it supposed to be like... Were you getting Holy Grail vibes off of it? Because I was getting, I was getting big Grail vibes. It's it's unaddressed. It's just like he got a he got some sort of Grail esque cup that he seems to really like, and it's never addressed what it is or what it does. (laughs) Yeah. Also, some of the gifts are very useful, very very useful, and some of them are just like, oh, that's nice. Like, like the necklace that takes away pain. Incredibly yeah. useful. The thing that helps you win horse races, so useful. That was and a cool little wind-up toy, yeah. A jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Join us every week by heading to realtruefactspodcast.com. We discuss aliens, Bigfoot, robots, fairies, conspiracy theories. That's realtruefactspodcast.com. And keep questioning your world, because just because you hear about it or read about it doesn't mean it's true. So I had been told about this. I hadn't seen it myself either, but I've been told about this movie for a while because, again, I do a podcast about this subject matter. Mm. And so I had assumed they would all be in that vein where they're a magic item that then has a cost built into the item. Like, you know, maybe it has a horse race that lets you win for a while, but as soon as you make a really big bet, it loses or you get unlucky in the rest of your life. You know, it's ironic cost gets you lucky here, but takes luck from other parts of your life. That's what I was expecting. And then it turned out to be a a whole thing of like, he gives you something, but you got to do an elaborate prank on someone else. And it's more of he's trying to set up like a perfect stranger scenario where he uses a mm. third person to make two people fight. Yeah. <laughs> that was not what I was expecting from him having that that much magic that he could do things. Like, I feel like he could just do a thing where like he magically throws a stone at someone from behind and then they turn around and they see the guy that he wants them to fight and then they fight. Yeah. So and that'd be easier. The results. <laughs> he just happens over and over that exactly. <laughs> yeah. The results he's after or like I guess expecting are kind of reflected in these old like newspaper headlines, these old newspapers that he kind of keeps with him in the shop, right? Right. Oh, did you oh, did yeah. you uh, clock some of those in your memory? Because I think. Yes. So like there the was some Wars. kind of big explosion in a small town that was like, like 100 dead, like 400 missing or something like that, which is wild. There was some kind of <laughs> plague that had struck oh, a yeah. town or, or something like that. Which like I don't, <laughs> I don't get how you get these huge, huge, uh, uh, terrible things happening with the little pranks that he's trying to have people pull. Uh, how does it lead to a plague? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I think there were some famous ones too. Like I think there was like the Hindenburg and stuff yes, like that. Yes, I did there. reference. Uh, yes, the giant Zeppelin explosion. But uh, yeah, like the plague is like a great example of like, oh yes, I'll give you this. Uh, <laughs> hand mirror if you shit in the town's water supply like <laughs> i don't understand how you get to like plague levels or like a, or some kind of awful 
explosion killing hundreds of people. Um, yeah. I mean, he did give that guy a bunch of like cartoon bundled like dynamite bombs, <laughs> which like really he escalated. Did. It was like, ah, he you like to bet on the ponies, huh? The Blow yeah. up the church. <laughs> um, yeah, that was pretty wild. I, I did a count on it and his total count at the end is six people and one dog as a kill count. That's, that's not that's not great. He didn't no. do that well this town. He shouldn't feel proud of himself for that, considering so which, the headlines that he's he's got under his belt. Exactly, which raises my thought. Then is this was this his vacation? Is this him <laughs> being like I normally go to big cities? I normally cause giant disasters. But you know what? I just want to I just want to take a weekend. I, I want to stay fresh. I just want to do some like rec league. Yep evil uh i'm just gonna like, go to a small town no one cares about so that none of my other evil gods uh hear about it and i'm just gonna mess with some people i'm just gonna like go free and loose about it and not not feel about the results you know i, I just want sewing discord to feel fun again you know it used to be fun <laughs> i used to be in it for like the weird discord and now i'm always with the kill counts you know it's just not the same <laughs> But does that mean that there are other, do we think there would be other like demons that they, they all do the same thing or they all do like different kinds of evil, you know, like rag on each other in their little demon den? Hell, I guess. It seems like a big deal that, you know, the devil is here to, you know, cause a ruckus, like kind of a little badge of honor (laughs) for your town. (laughs) (laughs) Add that to the tourism website. It seems like there's enough evil in the world that that one guy wouldn't get around to all of it. Yeah. Well, this is Stephen King, so a lot of time he does interconnect his things. So it could be that he's a whatever entity that it is as well or something, right? Like they're all out there That's just causing discord. That is true. And Castle Rock, uh, as I understand it, gets a lot of a lot of play with, with a lot of the stories that he, he comes up with. Oh, really? Oh, this is a reoccurring setting? Yeah, yeah. Castle Rock um, gets a bunch of stuff. Um I yes, can't remember bad. any off the top of my head, <laughs> which doesn't uh, help my case. But I, I, as I understand, it's the fictional town in Maine that Stephen King came up with to, to have a bunch of stories take place in. I understand uh, okay. now why the girl was so dramatic at the beginning. She's so scared of something <laughs> happening again because it keeps happening. Yeah. <laughs> it has a Stephen King novel happen at least once a year. So she's just like, anything could be going down, guys. Yeah. New Shop in Town is definitely an act one. She doesn't trust anyone new, any new uh, stores. <laughs> she doesn't trust mist. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't. Diseases. Oh, Cujo. Cujo took place in Castle Rock. Okay. Yeah. That was a killer that's, dog one, right? That's one of them. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think it's a prerequisite that there has to be retail space available for the devil to come and like <laughs> curse your city? Or do you like as long as the economy, the local economy is good, do you think that insulates you from the devil's terrible bargain shop? Well, maybe he would just come in a van. <laughs> Open up a little kiosk? Yeah. I would love that. I would love that. He's just got a, a van with a window that he pulls up like an ice cream van. He's like, yeah, what do you need? The panel like opens up to like a little awning. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Well, that's definitely like in at least one other movie that I can think of. A person that seems evil like has an ice cream truck and you're like, oh no, kid, don't go towards the ice cream truck. And then it's this person that takes them. It's, Wait, what is that? Um, I'm thinking of what's it called? I think it's called Freaks. It's a oh, okay. it's a horror movie. It's actually very good. Um, big fan. But oh, yeah, freaks. there's a scary okay. ice cream truck. So scary ice cream truck makes me think of um, Twisted Metal, the game where there was like <laughs> a sweet a, tooth. 
The sweet tooth was a killer clown that had an ice cream truck as his vehicle. It yeah. was like a, mm-hmm. it was like an edgy Mario Kart, basically. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. I've never heard it described that way. That, but that is a hundred percent what that game was. <laughs> edgy Mario Kart. Yeah, yeah. It's like Mario get... Kart, but punk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but everything everything is missiles instead of shells, and all the characters have twisted backstories where they like murdered 10 people or something or they're, or they're fused to your their cars one guy is just a dude like stuck on a platform with his arms stuck in two big wheels and so it's just a right. man he's like the, he just wow. stands he like da vinci's vitruvian man between two large wheels and just drives around like that shooting machine guns at clowns <laughs> yeah that are stigory killers I hope it's a weird game benefits that covers like your chiropractor that would hurt your back yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually this is a weird like roundabout thing but the paper thin plot of the twisted metal games is the god uh calypso granting people's wishes with like unexpected twists <laughs> if, i mean i need to do an episode of my podcast about twisted metal i mean <laughs> you if, should I yeah it's the, the winner of the twisted metal tournament gets to have their wish granted by calypso and calypso usually uh screws them over screws them over oh that sucks when you work really hard for a wish and then they're like yeah oh. Sucks to suck. <laughs> yes, yeah, it feels more fair to do it when it's just you bought a knickknack and then it betrayed you. That seems more fair. Than yeah, going through a whole racing competition or something. Yeah, yeah I like, think a lot of his cursed wishes are like punting based too. Like it's, it's like <laughs> this is like the real off curse. Yeah, this is like off the dome. Like I don't think this is a real one, but it is within the vein of someone being like, "I'm always running late. I wish I was on time." It's like, "Oh, you'll be on time forever," and then the camera pans out of them like screaming as they're like affixed to a clock face <laughs> like yeah. just really rough stuff that's a real lazy way to do that <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that might be more lazy than this guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> seriously he at least puts the work in i was really expecting the the downfalls in this movie to be more roundabout so it was like a more of an earned payoff i really was and then really quickly i realized that was not the case yeah i thought there'd be lessons learned really here by these people but <laughs> not really he doesn't seem to want to teach them anything no no well, that was the other thing i was like I, I was like oh is there a message for this movie like vague, like faintly that the director was like telling told the cast probably during their well pump up before filming i don't know uh, <laughs> But yeah, you know those those cheer fests you have before every day's yeah. filming. Everybody had a love <laughs> where the director comes out and reminds you all the moral of the story. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Gotta love those. But then I was like, I feel like you could draw one, but they really didn't care to make one clear. But I also wanted one. I wanted one too because I feel like that's kind of part and parcel with a lot of uh, like devil deal stories, right? Is there's the trade. Usually the trade is your soul for whatever thing you want. And the moral is almost always like that thing you want wasn't actually as important as you thought it was and was in the grand scheme of things because now your soul is forever damned, yada, yada, yada. But he, yeah, he didn't really – he he truly was on vacation. He was not working hard <laughs> on this. Yeah, it's unclear if he even got the souls. I guess like he would get them in the sense that those people all murdered – <laughs> like, yeah so so maybe by default they go to the devil but like it's not like the soul was part of the bargain the no. bargain was just here's a thing do a prank and then they end up murdering each other and i guess go to hell but yeah yeah 
it's not it's, it's not a guarantee. Like maybe they also did a last minute repentance as they were getting stabbed. And like, oh, <laughs> That's right. Any Catholics that. being like, I'm sorry. And then they die. And, 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 and I was like, God damn it. <laughs> I repent. The priest is doing the last rites on the reverend as they're yeah. going down. It's like, it's going to work out. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like, I feel like the devil, like you said, this is his vacation town, but normally he puts a little bit more work in. He, everything has a better payoff. He makes deals for souls. He teaches lessons inadvertently, but like, that's a lot to expect when it's spring break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or even just, yeah, your fall. You're having a nice fall. You're going to an Airbnb. It's His place did look more like an Airbnb than a retail store. It did, yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's a nice cozy house. I wonder if any of the other rooms were rented out. <laughs> I wonder if he had roommates. I hope it's like some other supernatural thing. Like not a devil. Like a trickster god is just in the other room being like, hey, I was going to do some pranks in this town. I was like, well, sorry, I'm busy with it. <laughs> <laughs> Taking on my vacation, all these devils coming in here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Santa. He keeps selling Santa's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's where he gets the stuff. He's got Santa's bag. It's yeah. like looking for his bag. He's like, damn it. There Gaunt. Leland. <laughs> uh, I think they're on a first name basis. That's right. It was Leland. Yeah. <laughs> Leland Gaunt was his name. The whole time Which I was I don't thinking, know how do you spell Leland? Uh, I know now. I looked it up. L-E-L-A-N-D. But it no. was distracting me a lot. <laughs> Just spend the whole. That's not a great sign of a movie catching your attention that you spend most of the time trying to figure out how to spell one character's name. Just Mr. Like, Gaunt is like a menacing sounding name. Leland really takes the teeth out of it, <laughs> I find. Maybe he started off nice. Like he was a nice young chap, uh, god of sorts. And uh, he got bullied a lot. And then that's. That's how he got to where he is. We turned to yeah. Evil. yeah. That's how it goes in the bottom. He has a friendly streak in him. He's very friendly about the way he does his murder. So, Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like like as corny and silly as this movie turned out to be, I feel like the casting was pretty good in some ways. I thought the kid who played Brian did a really good job. I thought really uh, Nettie was really well uh, acted. Uh, Max von Sydow I thought was like super charming at times. Mm-hmm. Who's, who's that one? He's, uh, he's Leland Gaunt. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He did really well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Before we wrap up, I want to make this a little more personal. Mm -hmm. If you were to go into a Needful Things franchise, what object do you think Leland would uh, present to you? I mean, the prank will just be throw shit at someone, but like, what's the (laughs) thing that he's offering to make you? He's a gun. (laughs) Yeah. He'll give you a gun or make you throw shit at someone, but what is the thing that he would be giving you, do you think? That's Mm. a good question. A DVD copy of Needful Things signed <laughs> to Brian. Love Stephen King. <laughs> so not, you're not Brian. You just want it to sign to Brian. It's more authentic. Because, because it's so specific of a yeah. thing. Yeah. I, w- I want it actually signed by Mickey Mantle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to Brian. I want it, I want it to be impossible <laughs> for it to exist. <laughs> It would be a rare collector's item. It would yeah. probably have some value. I expect it coming a little more personal, maybe. Things. But hey, there's there's something. I want needful <laughs> things on HD DVD, <laughs> and I want it signed by Mickey Mantle. No one can play that. No one. No one will know if it's authentic. Uh, <laughs> Any ideas, Janelle? I don't know. Like maybe a sick jacket. Yeah, you think it'd be a fashion thing? Yeah. 
or no. No, to, no, no, no. To be honest, it has to be something that serves an actual purpose, like like a jacket, like 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 a jacket, like keeping me warm. Yeah. Now so maybe uh, a weather all weather resistant jacket. Like you'll be no, it doesn't even need to be anyway. weather. You don't want magic. You just want a good. <laughs> I just jacket. want a nice jacket, like lightly used. Uh, it, it can say Hugh on it. I don't mind. <laughs> Hugh's Letterman jacket. That one does require you to kill someone. You I was going to say, yeah. What harm a bartender prank, for that one? Um, in parentheses, what dog will you kill uh, with the harmless prank? Like, I'll find one. I told okay. you, like, murder's in the game for this. I'll do it for the jacket. <laughs> okay, okay. I thought you made a pretty good point that maybe it should go- be one of the magic items. He has magic items with superpowers, like... If I can get a pain relief pendant or uh like pain relief pendant, that's so good. That is that's good. Great. That's pretty handy. Yeah. And she didn't really have to do anything for that, right? Like she didn't have any favors to she boned him. Yeah, she had sex with him. <laughs> pretty gross. <laughs> it wasn't yeah, right but I feel the like bad, they didn't but... shake on that in the store, right? Like, <laughs> 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 like they were like, you wear this and I'll come see you later tonight. I feel like he insinuated, like he unbuttoned for her and he was kind of getting handsy around the neck. She could have just put the necklace down. She didn't have to unbutton anything. That that stopped me for a second, too. Yeah. I don't normally unbutton my shirts to put on a necklace. I don't I don't think that's required. (laughs) I I have to completely disrobe to put on my necklace. Yeah. And then, yeah. I start from the bottom up. It's just the easiest way to get it on for me. Shimmy it up past my hips. And... <laughs> it, it makes jewelry shopping very difficult. <laughs> yeah. A lot. You'll, it's kind of unusual. Jewelers don't have change rooms, which I think yeah. is unfair to me. Yeah. So you bring I one along order, like a quick change person. That's right. I order a lot of necklaces and then I send them back. The ones that don't fit <laughs> when I spend an afternoon just shimmying yeah. in my room. I have to link a number of necklaces together <laughs> to make the them wide enough to, for me to pull up my body. <laughs> yeah, I think I would go in and be like, so wh- which one's got real magic? Come on, Leland. Tell, tell me, which one's got real magic? Yeah, he produces like a beloved childhood item. You're like, no, 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 no. I want, no, no, a, no, no. I want a lamp or a magnifying glass that can see the truth <laughs> of things. Yeah, give me some of that. <laughs> I, want see, I want to see the future. I've still got all my stuffed animals, man. Like, I don't need that shit. Yeah, that's a story. <laughs> I, dude, I don't need any of this. <laughs> I took care of it. My Beanie Babies, they're in lockup. I got them. <laughs> I got it. Give me some of them magics. Yeah. I'll throw shit at someone. It's fine. Yeah. I don't think I would kill a dog. I would I would apple someone's house, I think, for magic. Yeah, like yeah. realistically, uh, murder of any kind is a lot. Even I for would... like a necklace that's like no pain. I'm like, I couldn't skin a whole dog, a whole yeah. large size dog specifically. For a pain-free necklace. Because that's a lot of work. <laughs> All the ones that are just like part of a chain, like putting money somewhere or like taking someone's book. Yeah, sure. Because I mean, if they're doing the last bit that's murder, that's on them, honestly. Yeah. That's yeah. not really my fault. It's a big leap to go from someone stole my book to I murdered them. So I wash my hands of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'll throw shit at someone. I'll throw bo- of apples around. Toss around some apples. Why didn't Brian give his card back? He clearly didn't want it. I think he had guilt because I think he realized that he was. I guess it's too late. Part of a double homicide. Yeah, that's that's a lot for like a twelve year old to be like, 
I, I caused a double homicide with a lot of stabbing. And then the police just let me walk up and see the bodies. Yep. They didn't cover those bodies or nothing. They just kind of left them out there. For the whole <laughs> you got to let them air out or they begin to smell. <laughs> That's, you I know think what? they begin to smell either way. <laughs> But that little boy, when he was like about to commit suicide, that was the one scene that I was horrified and and totally invested in. And that was really the only time that I genuinely cared a lot about a character. Yeah, that was wild. And that to me also felt like a moment that strayed from Stephen King's original work. If that scene exists in the book, I for sure Stephen King wrote that that kid shot himself. Like, you are correct, sir. I checked with my roommate. Uh, yeah, he does. He oh. totally does. I'm go glad through it in, in the book. It. Yeah. And that's why in the rest of the movie, they just go, he's in the hospital. You can't see him. He's not around. He's no longer part of the story. Don't worry about it. It's fine. No, he's no, fine. You can't see him. It's fine. You can't see him. Fine. <laughs> it's like the goldfish that goes to the hospital in the toilet. That's right. <laughs> uh, Brian, Brian's living upstate for the rest yeah. of this film. Brian's living on a farm where he can throw oh. all the apples he wants. Oh, no. <laughs> He's got a lot of space to run around. It's great. It's great for him. (laughs) So many baseball cards up there. Uh, I think that's all we're going to get out of needful things today. But, but thank. This was a lot of fun. There is there's a lot in this film. Oh yeah. You can say whether it's good or bad, but there's a lot there. Yeah. To discuss and talk about, and I had a lot of fun uh, talking and discussing it with both of you. So, thank you, Tyler. Thank you, Janelle, for joining me. Thank you. And also. Uh, Thank you to all the audience who listened. We'll have another movie soon. Thank you so much. Thanks. Well, that's what we came up with. But we want to hear from you. Tell us your thoughts. You can find us on Twitter at BreakAWishPod. Email BreakAWishPod at gmail.com. Join the BreakAWish discussion group on Facebook. And you can support the show by writing a review, telling a friend, or buying a t-shirt on TeePublic. All this information at BreakAWish.ca. For more Janelle McGinnis, you can check out some of her sketches on YouTube by searching her name, Janelle McGinnis. For more Tyler Hewitt, you can check him out on his podcast network, Dum Dums and Dice, for a variety of tabletop RPG podcasts. Search at Dum Dum Dice on Twitter. This is a Kicks and Giggles Entertainment production, hosted by Maddox Campbell, themed by Matthew Reed, cover art by Justin Langford, and a proud member of the Sonar Podcast Network. More podcasts at thesonarnetwork.com. So, what would you wish for? <laughs>